0: Are you ready for the word this morning? I'm shifting gears and we're gonna, as Sister Betty would always say, get spiritual up in here. Today the title of this morning's message is, You talking to me? And that is said with attitude. I want to encourage you from one of the greatest stories in the Bible. And for the sake of time, because this story takes up two whole chapters, I'm just gonna give you kind of the Reader's Digest version, is that okay? We're going to start reading in Isaiah chapter 36, verse 1. Isaiah, and all of this will be out of the New American Standard. Isaiah chapter 36, verse 1 says, Now in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and seized them. Skip down to verse 7, same chapter but if you say to me now what's happening here for those of you who are unfamiliar with the story and i know most of you have not memorized that sennacherib's representatives had gone to the city wall and were beginning to tell the people we're here to kick your hiney we've taken every other city we're going to take your city too we're just here to announce to you what we're going to do and then it comes down he says but if you say to me we trust in the lord our god is it not he, and he's speaking of Hezekiah, whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar. Sennacherib is saying, your leader is the one who put you in this place because you used to have altars all over Judah and Hezekiah comes along and eliminates all of those other altars and said, you're going to worship here because this is where God said to. But Sennacherib is saying, this is all his doing. I'm here because of him and then let's read verses 10 and 12 out of the same chapter or verse or I'm sorry chapter 37 thus you shall say to Hezekiah king of Judah do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you saying Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria verse 11 behold you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands destroying them completely so you will be spared, question mark. Did the gods of those nations, which my fathers have destroyed, deliver them, even Gazon and Haran and Resphath and the sons of Eden who were in Tellasar. Let's go back to chapter 36, verse 10. Have I now come up without the Lord's approval? So now Sennacherib is not only saying, I've whipped everyone else. And I'm here because Hezekiah removed all the altars. Now he says, I'm here because God sent me. Have I now come up without the Lord's approval against the land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim and Shibana, how do you love these names? I'm glad my mama didn't name me Shibana. And Joha, and if you're named Shibana, I'm sorry. And Joha said to Rapsheka, Speak now to your servant in Aramaic, for we understand it. And do not speak with us in Judean in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. What he's saying is, don't let them hear this bad report. You're going to discourage the people. But Rabshakeh said, has my master sent me only to your master and to you who speak these words, and not to the men who sit on the wall, listen to this, doomed to eat their own dung and drink their own urine with you. Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in Judean and said, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. And then chapter 37, verse 1. And, then, and when King Hezekiah heard it, when he heard what was going on, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and entered the house of the Lord. Same chapter, verses 5 and 7. So the servants of King Hezekiah, after Hezekiah, now hear me, here's lesson number one. When problems come, don't let them drive you from God, let them drive you to God. So the servants of the king of Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid. Now hear this. Do not be afraid because of the... Do not be afraid because of the... Words always instill fear or faith. In every war you've ever fought, has been a war of words. Always has been, always will be. So the Lord says, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servant of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Then let's read, and this is the verse that was the springboard for this teaching. This is the word that the Lord has spoken against him. She has despised you and mocked you. The virgin daughter of Zion, she has, listen to this, shaken her head behind you. That's huge. She has shaken her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. The enemy, listen, the enemy of God's people here, Sennacherib, was undefeated, had been undefeated for generations. I remember when I was in high school and I went to just this it was I thought it was a big school until I discovered how big a real big school is like we had 40 students I thought that was big you got I grew up in corn pastures apparently and then when I discovered like her school had like 2,000 I'm like my hometown didn't have 2,000 right but as a this little rinky-dink school we had to play this one high school team every year and they had been undefeated for like 20 years Do you know how much confidence we had going into that game? It was like, can we just save ourselves the pain and the bruises and forfeit? And that's where the people of Israel were. They were up against an undefeated kingdom that hadn't been defeated in generations. And they had tried to make peace with the Assyrians. And then the Assyrians show up and they said, listen, we're going to make your life so bad you're going you're to think it's fine dining to eat your own dung and drink your own urine. But there's some lessons to be learned in this. Let me give you three of them. Is this okay this morning? Yes. Lesson number one, that a people, Hezekiah and his group, because Hezekiah was a good king, and he was attempting to be a reformer and turn the hearts of Judah back to God. So he was doing all the right things you can be doing all the right things and a battle show up at your doorstep See sometimes the enemy comes uninvited And it's not a sign because you're having a battle that you did bad Lesson number one you can be doing all the right things and the devil still come to confront you Lesson number two we must never No matter how good things are, put our trust in circumstances. Doesn't matter how good things are. Listen, some of you maybe have never had $100 in your bank account. When you get that, don't trust it. Maybe you would get to the $100,000 in your bank account. Don't put your money or your trust in the zeros. No matter how good it is, keep your faith in God. Lesson number three, wickedness may prosper for a while, but cannot prosper always. Now, these people had heard two reports. They had heard a report from the representatives of Sennacherib. This is what they said, your leader has betrayed you, your God has lied to you, and things are going to get bad, real bad. Inflation's gonna go high, the economy's gonna go low. And like I said, you're gonna. Do you want your dung medium? Well done? How do you want your dung tonight, babe? Hmm? And do you want light urine or full-bodied? Pastor! It's in the Bible, y'all! I'm just making it real. So that's the that's the one report man things are about to get really bad and the other report was from the representative of God and God said this do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard Now they had a choice. I have a choice. You have a choice. We have a choice The choice is whose report are we going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the representatives of the devil or are you going to believe the report of the representatives of God? On, because I want to say to you again, it's always a battle about words. Yes. The words that you accept and the words that you reject. Yes. If you uh, accept the bad news from the representatives of the devil, then you will be fine dining. Uh-huh. But not where I'm fine dining. Right. But if you choose to believe the words of the representative of God, then you won't fear those other words, and it will be well with you. The question is, whose report will we believe? Now, the, the 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 residents of Jerusalem, as I said, remember, I just told you about when we played football against Marysville. We knew going into it we were going to lose. It was just a question by were we going to lose to the third string or the fourth string. I think to many of the games, they never even brought the first stringers. That's sad, man. But reassured, listen, reassured by the word of the Lord, the inferior citizens of Zion grew bold and shook their heads as in Echarib's boastful threats. The people of God have always in the natural been inferior. The children of Judah were outclassed, outnumbered, outgunned. The only thing they had going for them, and you only need one thing going for you, y'all. The only thing they had going for them was the Word of the Lord. And That's all you and I ever need going for us if we have his word. It doesn't matter how big the enemy is It doesn't matter the track record. It doesn't matter how boastful or arrogant. They are if we have the word of the Lord We've got all we need and reassured by the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us they shook their heads What does that mean have y'all ever shook your head at someone we know they're this is what I'm gonna do to you And you kind of cock your head like seriously really you know what i'm talking about you you're like come on dude you're four foot one i'm a picture of herculean strength don't confuse these rolls with fat this is relaxed muscle <laughs> and this is what the children of judah did they stood on the walls and they're like come on zennacherib where's your boasting you're going to do what you talking to me. Uh-huh. They sh- and I, I want to tell you this. This is what I want to say to you this morning. It's time that we quit trembling in our boots Amen. and learn to shake our head. Shake our head at what the enemy's saying he's going to do to our dreams, our destiny, our future, what he's going to do to us and life itself. Amen. When the doctor tells you it's all over and you got two weeks, you ought to, rather than tremble in your seat, you ought to shake your head. Say no, 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 no. Listen, the Bible promises me with a long life will he satisfy me. And I ain't satisfied yet. When I'm satisfied, I'll let you know. And until I let you know, I ain't gonna go. Because I got things I gotta do. Yes. But too many things cause us to shake in our seats rather than shake our heads. I'm trying. Listen to this. This is what Charles Spurgeon said, and I love this. He said, strong faith enables the servants of God to look with calm contempt upon their most arrogant foes. Strong faith enables the servants of God to look with calm contempt. Contempt is defined as the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration. When I read that, I couldn't help but think of the story of Smith Wigglesworth, who it's reported that one night Smith Wigglesworth was asleep in his room, and Lester Summerall had a very similar experience. Smith's room filled with coldness, became frigid. And Smith sat up in his bed and he looked at the foot of bed and he said, devil himself, Satan, not a fallen angel, the fallen angel, was was standing at the, the, the foot of his bed. And Smith said, oh, it's only you. And turned around and went back to sleep. See, strong faith faith. produces within us the ability to look at our most arrogant of foes with calm contempt beneath consideration. Now, you know what most saints would do? We would throw the sheets over our head and pray in panic. And I didn't say Holy Ghost. (laughs) Or we would leave the room screaming like a two-year-old girl. The devil was in my room. Well, go back in and rebuke him. I ain't going back in there. That's the devil. Well, you're a child of the king. See, strong faith both produces and removes. Strong faith produces within you a calmness, a confidence, a courage, a positivity, a bold confession. But faith also removes from you cowardice. It removes from you fear. It removes from you confusion. It removes from you timidity. You are, the, the, the faith-filled are not easily intimidated. I remember reading a story many years ago. Actually, this was my first pastor. And he told a story how in the mid-70s, the Lord had put it upon his heart to buy a high-powered radio station. Now, some of you may not remember the mid-70s, you droop of young people, you. But I'm old enough, I remember. In the 70s, there was no free internet. There was no social media. And there were some places where some owned low-power radio stations. But this was in the days when... Three companies controlled it all ABC, NBC, and CBS. Controlled everything. And this preacher, this uneducated backwoods Louisiana country preacher, who the only thing he had going for him was the Holy Ghost, had it upon his heart to buy a radio station high powered enough to reach the whole southeastern United States. But his competitors were ABC, NBC, and CBS. And he shares the story how the FCC called them all to have a meeting. And with the absence of the FCC representative, all the lawyers, 20 plus, highly educated from big law firms, have nothing but disdain for this country preacher who didn't even have a good fitting suit. And they all said, We will fight amongst ourselves as soon as we've eliminated you. But until you're gone, we're one team. And they said, we've got the money to bankrupt you. We will bury you. And this preacher shares a story that for a moment, fear rose up in his heart. He said, God, if I've messed it, if I have missed it and you don't want me to have this, they're going to destroy me. And the word of the Lord came and reassured him that this was his. He just had to keep believing God. And he said nearly the same thing. He looked across the table with a calm discontent, a contempt you ain't got nothing on me and now fifty years later that radio station is still in his hands strong faith removes fear see listen is this let me say this to you faith is seen not only in how you respond in the presence of your god faith is seen in how you respond in the presence of your enemies Say la. Yes. That's a good one right there. I'm going to listen to this CD just to hear that again yes. myself. Faith is not only manifested in how we re- respond in the presence of God, yes. right? It's not only in the Ooh. Hey. Ooh. Yeah. ah, yeah. That's, part That's part of it. But it's also how do you respond when the devil shows up at your footstool? When the enemy comes into your life and says, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to take your children, I'm going to steal all your money, and I'm going to make you miserable, do you quake or do you shake your head? and say, you talking to me? Because apparently, devil, you don't know. Me and God got a good thing going. And I've been talking to him, and he ain't said nothing about defeat. He hasn't said a word about going bankrupt. He hasn't told me I'm going to die early. Come mm. on now. Come on. Should we keep going? Because I know you've got grills on your mind. And my prayer for you this weekend is may your grill grow, glow hot and may your steak be perfect. But until then, you're mine. Proverbs or Psalms 23, verse 5. Listen to this. You know this one. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cupeth. Now, you know we're spiritual when I go King James. My cupeth overfloweth. I wrote this. We love the promise of being served to feast in the presence of our enemies while they watch. And I picture myself eating ribs with lots of sauce and looking at my enemy going. You talking to me? We'll get back to you as soon as I'm done. And it's going to be a while because this is a full rack. But just who are these enemies? Listen to this. In biblical times, or in biblical terms, there are the demonic kind, and there there are, then there are the human kind. In Psalm 23, David is referring to the demonic enemies. And these represent the devil and all of his hellish principalities and powers. But in Matthew 13, Jesus said, the enemy is the devil. So there's the demonic kind. And yet many of our enemies aren't from hell. When Jesus tells us to love our enemies in Matthew chapter 5, he is not speaking of the devil and his hordes. He is talking about people in our lives who have become tools used by Satan to make us miserable. It was David's fleshly enemies who caused him to cry out in Psalm 143, Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, and you I take shelter. So there's demonic and then there's human. And you may have only a few human enemies or you may have an abundance. It really depends upon your sphere of influence. The higher you rise in influence, the more enemies will appear. But in any case, and this is what I wrote last night, and I want to read it as I wrote it. If you have a heart set to follow Jesus, you will be an offense to some. And you're going to be resisted by both non-believers and unfortunately carnal Christians. You will be marked as a target by the devil and his wicked spirits. Your adversary, the devil, is going to attack you physically and spiritually. And he'll stir up trouble for you among your human enemies if he can. But I wrote this and I think, the Lord's supernatural feast becomes even more amazing because both classes of enemies have to sit and watch as the Lord serves you a feast. I like that right there. So you can tell the devil and Aunt Sue, sit down and watch. God's word says this of his righteousness in Psalm 132. Listen to this. His enemies, speaking of your enemies, his enemies I will clothe with shame. But upon himself, his crown shall flourish. God is saying, in essence, your fleshly enemies thought you were finished. But now they can only watch and wonder as I feed and bless you. See, it doesn't matter how big your enemy is. Your God is bigger. It doesn't matter how many weapons the devil employs against you. Not one of them can prosper. See, are we a people of the word or not? And if we're a people of the word, then it doesn't matter the battle. You will win. The outcome has already been written. The quill was put in the hand of your master, and he wrote at the end, the end, you win. So there is no enemy that can defeat you. Will there be trials? Yes. Will there be storms? Yes. Will there be opportunities for defeat? Yes. Will you fail? Not unless you quit. If you keep putting one foot in front of the other day after day moment after moment just keep moving in faith and it doesn't matter how much it hurt it doesn't matter how long it's last if you won't stop you will win do not grow weary the Bible says in doing well for you will not you might you will I was preaching at one time, and I said in due season, and someone stood up, and they said, where's my season due? I wish I knew. It doesn't matter. I do know this. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said "It you will reap, then you will reap. And there will come a day when your enemies are going to have to sit down and watch you eat. Not dung, but some ribs. Are you listening to me? Let's keep going. And on the occasion that you fail him and feel that Satan has gained a foothold in your life, there is now therefore no condemnation. Don't sit outside and just wish you could go in. I want you to picture the Lord waving you in as if to say, come to the feast. Sit down and taste of my mercy. I want you feasting at my table in the presence of your enemies. See, listen, look at me, every eye, every eye. You're not disqualified by what you've done, you're qualified by what he did. Don't trust in your own righteousness, and don't cry about your own failures. Put both your triumphs and your tragedies in him and walk boldly in and sit down. Because he made you righteous. You are now the very right. You've heard me say this ad nauseum. The Bible says you are now the very righteousness of God. You, everyone, say, I am the very righteousness of God. How do you get more righteous? You're as righteous as he is because he has given you his righteousness. That's mind blowing. Because when I look in the mirror, I don't always see a righteous person. But if I can see myself, you know, the Bible says we're no longer supposed to know each other after the flesh. And that not only means i got to see you not after the flesh, i got to see myself not after the flesh. So when I look in the mirror, I've got to see not the failure, the abandoned orphan, the one who's made mistakes and committed horrible sins. I've got to look in the mirror and see the one He has made me to be. I've got to see His grace and His goodness and His mercy reflected in that mirror. I've got to learn to see myself in Christ. And that's a brand new perspective. I am now in Christ. Then the life that I used to live, I don't live it anymore. Why? Because I've been crucified with Christ. And now the life that I live, I don't live by my own righteousness or my own faith. I live by the very faith of the Son of God who loved, himself, loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to this. We must know that our enemies are attempting impossibilities. I like that one. Our enemies are attempting impossibilities. Can we say that together? Let's say this. My enemies are attempting impossibilities. What the devil says he's going to do to you and your family to your destinies and your dreams, you've got to understand that your enemies are attempting impossibilities. I'm going to kill you. Impossible. I'm going to destroy you. Impossible. I'm going to steal from you. Impossible. Why? Because I have come that you might have and not only just life, but life more. Your enemies seek to destroy the eternal life that's in you. And it cannot be it cannot die while Jesus lives. They seek to overthrow the good news against which the gates of hell shall not prevail. See, we gotta know their weakness. If it's spiritual, they ain't nothing but fallen angels, rebels against God. If they're men, nothing but dust. Are y'all listening to me? don't be impressed by the clothes they wear don't be impressed by the house they live in don't be impressed by who they are they are nothing but dust don't be afraid of dirt above all we must know that the most high is with us and when he rolls up his sleeves where are his enemies you know in the 80s we used to sing a song don't worry i'm not going to sing but i love the lyrics It says our god is an awesome god he reigns from heaven above with wisdom power and love our god is an awesome god when he rolls up his sleeves he ain't just putting on the ritz our God is an awesome God. There is thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. And then the song goes on to say I hope we have not too quickly forgotten that our God. Bam! Drop the mic, shut it down. You ain't got nothing on my God. And my God loves me, He has forgiven me. I am the redeemed, I am the church, I am blood bought. Ain't no disease can touch me. Poverty can't catch me. Man, this is good news, and I choose to believe it. See, I was gonna, this is what I was gonna play with you earlier. Can you give me a few more moments? I was gonna tell you, I am pro-choice. And I choose Christ, his kingdom, and his righteous way of doing things. I choose to believe all of his words are true And that every dream he has given me will be manifested every task he has given me to do I will do I will not fail and if even if you see me falter you might see me stumble But let me tell you this because i've done it before i'm going to do it again If you see me stumble don't i'm getting back up Mm -mm -mm. I'm almost done listen to psalm 98 out of the message bible sing to god a brand new song he's made a world of wonders he rolled up his sleeves he set things right god made history with salvation he showed the world what he could do do you know that applies to you Wherever you were, whenever you did it, whatever you had done the night before, when you gave your life to Christ, he made history with your salvation. Through you, he has changed generations. Your children will be better because you gave your life to Christ. Your grandchildren will praise the day grandma got saved. Verse 3, he remembered to love us, a bonus to his dear family Israel, indefatigable love. The whole earth comes to attention. Look, God's work of salvation. Shout your praises to God, everybody. Let loose and sing. Strike up the band. Round up an orchestra to play for God. Add a hundred voice choir. Feature trumpets and big trombones. Fill the air with praises to King God. Let the sea and its fish give a round of applause. With every living thing on earth joining in. Let ocean breakers call out encore, and mountains harmonize the finale. Our God is an awesome God. See, if we'll remember that, we won't have any problems shaking our heads and let the devil say, "You talking to me? Come on, I've learned too much. I've become too intimate with Jehovah. You're gonna do what? Seriously? Not here, not now." Bye-bye, see you later, much later. Uh-huh. You, well, so I can round this up. Let's go back to what happened in Isaiah to Sennacherib, the booger eater. <laughs> hey, if he can say I'm going to eat dung, I can say he's going to eat his own boogers. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 37, verses 36 and 37. Wow. The story of King Sennacherib, the booger eater. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men arose early in the morning, behold, all these were dead. So Sennacherib, King Booger Eater of Assyria, that's the Jimmy Miller version, departed and returned home and lived in Nineveh. Now, history tells us this. He went back the same way he came. No, no trumpets, no drums. Shame. What did God say he was going to do to the enemies? I'll clothe them with shame. And the historians tell us that Sennacherib went away in silence, leaving 185,000 of his soldiers laying on the ground. And you know what was happening on the walls of Jerusalem? The very people he had prophesied were going to be urine drinkers and dung eaters were standing on the wall doing what? Shaking their heads. As Sennacherib retreated, they were standing on the wall saying, Yo, you talking to me? And the prophecy wasn't over because the Lord said he'll die by the sword. And history tells us that when he was worshiping his God, his sons killed him with his sword. Because he was such a national disgrace. One last thing and then I'll let you go. Psalm 27 verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear the war rise against me in spite of this I shall be confident saint of God you have nothing to be afraid of you have no reason to be discouraged it doesn't matter how high gas prices go it doesn't matter how much, the Lord told Kenneth Copeland one time, he said if milk cost, or bread cost a million dollars a loaf, believe me for the bread, and believe me for the million. Yes. He's still an awesome God. So do not be afraid. Fill her up. Amen. But Pat, no, 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 don't but pastor. Amen. Look at that tank and bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. I command you to go long, run strong. Why? Because you can be reassured that God is with you. So don't be afraid and don't think you're like them. They are in the world without God and without hope. And the hope-filled are never hopeless. So learn how to shake your head at your enemy just look at him and say, you talking to me. Man, you tried this last Monday. Wow. Go to my neighbor's house. They don't know what I know. What I know is God never fails and he never lies. Stand to your feet this morning.